the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We're underway now at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday, the 14th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. we got a big show lined up for you today. Coming up in an hour, you know what it means. It's Tuesday. That's Kersenau Day. Peter Kersenau will be with us for the bulk of the 10 o'clock hour, going over the top news items of the day. Uh, his commentary is always essential, as is that of our first guest, who will be joining me in a half an hour at 9.35. We're going to talk to Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. It's been a while since we have talked to Dr. Tenpenny. She has been busy traveling the state, and I think outside the state as well. We'll confirm that. Edging, uh, educating people about the truth uh, behind the ongoing uh, COVID um, chaos. I'll call it that. Yeah, I just came up with it. That's what I want to go with here. They're creating chaos. They're trying to push not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six shots on you already. And yes, they're going to court to fight to make those mandatory for all of us. Six shots. The two originals, the booster, and then come March, the three-shot Omicron variant vaccination or non-vaccination, as it were. And all that's going to do is get us until what? Probably late summer when they say new variant, new variant. What comes after Omicron? But whatever it will be, it will be in time and it will be serious enough to create, hey, we can't expect people to go to the actual ballot box and go vote in person, not with the new variant out there, universal mail-in voting for all. And that's how they get it. So Dr. Tenpenny is going to talk to us about Omicron, going to talk to us about mandates, and we're going to talk also in the open here in just a moment about VAERS. 
Why is the VAERS reporting system continuous, continually being ignored by the mainstream media, and I'll be honest with you, by, by some of us? By us, I mean you and me. Some of us have been a little bit lax on reporting the numbers. We talk about the VAERS system. We talk about how it's dismissed. I spent some time on it yesterday talking about how the VAERS, uh, you know, which is the Vaccine Adverse uh, Experience Reporting System, I believe is what V-A-E-R-S stands for. Um, but uh, the VAERS reporting system is showing just extraordinary numbers of people suffering very, very, I mean, they, they range. They range from mild adverse effects to very serious, including death adverse effects to vaccines for from the uh, COVID-19 uh, RNA vaccines. But we don't talk enough about what this means and in fact, we don't know we haven't been asking enough questions. Well, someone did because now because of FOIA requests the US FDA, remember the FDA, right? The FDA is the gold standard. The gold standard of approving vaccinations, medications, etc. for use in the general population. Well, the FDA, after a FOIA request, um, finally had to come clean. And they have released the first batch of documents that have been requested under FOIA detailing the number of adverse effects in the first three months of Pfizer jab, quote-unquote, full approval. And this batch of documents, which we'll talk about with Dr. Tenpenny, but I'll also cover in the monologue here in a moment, includes a report detailing over 150,000 serious adverse events and more than 1,200 deaths connected to the profit jabs. All right? Now, this is the FDA releasing CDC data, or data. This is the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, releasing the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention data, which is exactly what VAERS is. It's a CDC reporting system. It's not some outside agency. It's not some wackadoodle, uh, you know, uh, people, uh, conspiracy theorists, the way they want you to believe all of us who question the efficacy and the safety of these RNA vaccines. That's not what this is. This is the FDA's Adverse Event Reporting System. Adverse Effect Reporting System. You understand? And now they are telling us just with the first batch that there are 150,000, over 150,000 serious adverse events and 1,200 deaths, more than 1,200 deaths connected to the Pfizer jabs. So we're going to get into all of that with Dr. Tenpenny. Before we do any more on it, though, what do you say since it's 9-12? We start our program the way we do each and every day. Let's stand. Let's face a flag if we have one. Let's go ahead and put your hand on your heart, whether you have one or not, and join us in our Pledge of Allegiance. Leftists, Biden voters, mandatory or uh, jab mandate uh, supporters, you don't believe in liberty. You can sit this one out. Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all so this uh, this continues to be the struggle of our time this continues to be our literal fight for our freedom and 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 i when i say literal fight i mean literal a lot of people use the word literal 
and they and they don't mean it that way. They mean it figuratively, the exact opposite of literal. I'm talking about a literal fight. If it comes down to it, a physical, literal fight to regain the freedoms that have been stolen from us. Uh, our founding fathers created this free republic, and they told us it is a republic if you can keep it. Um, right now, it is being taken away from us, and it's going to be a matter of whether or not we can retake it and keep it. I don't know if we can or not, to be 100% honest with you. I really don't. But I'm willing to fight for it, and I certainly hope and expect that you will as well. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the most private of issues that a free person in a free republic should be able to count on is, is you know the decision to do whatever they wish with their own health. To make their own bodily autonomy decisions. This is my body, and if I have diabetes, I will decide if I want to kill myself by eating terrible things, or if I want to control my diet and use the the, the medical tools that are necessary for me to survive. That's my decision. It's my decision regardless of my age. It's my decision regardless of my health. It's It's my decision regardless of what the government or even my doctors tell me to do. It is our own bodies our bodies our choice as a famous phrase once goes once went rather right if we surrender our bodily autonomy and our medical liberty to the state we surrender all there is nothing more personal nothing we surrender all to the state and that is where our fight that is what our fight is all about let's talk a little bit more about this fda report that uh, they have uh, been forced under FOIA request uh, to release to the public. The FDA released the documents on November 19th, months after the governmental agency was hit with the FOIA request by attorney Aaron Siri on behalf of a group of some 30 scientists, academics, and researchers who demanded transparency about the information that has been used to assess the safety profile of the injections. In response, the FDA moved to challenge the group's request in court, raising eyebrows when it asked a federal judge to grant it 55 years to fully release the documents that it reviewed before ultimately granting full approval for the Pfizer shots for people 16 and over in August. Now that the FDA has made public some 91 pages of the documents it reviewed before authorizing the Pfizer shots, a tiny fraction of the roughly 329,000 pages still in its possession, we can at least start to make some sort of a, an educated guess as to what all of this is going to show. Two months and one day after it was sued, close to three months since it licensed Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, the FDA released its first round of documents, said Aaron C. Uh, Siri. Rather. While the released documents consist of only a tiny percentage of the massive amount of data still withheld, the information re- revealed in the documents has uh, given great cause for concern about the true safety of the increasingly mandated drugs. Among the documents is a 38-pager entitled, Cumulative Analysis of Post-Authorization Adverse Event Reports Detailing a bevy of serious adverse events connected with the double-shot mRNA jabs in only the first three months after the FDA granted uh, the EUA, the Emergency Use Authorization, for the drugs last December. According to the report, between December 1 of last year and February 28th of this year, some 42,086 case reports were included uh, and recorded in the Pfizer Safety Database. 
in which 25,000 were medically confirmed, 16,000 non-medically confirmed. The reports contained a grand total of 158,893 serious adverse events after vaccination, not just in the U.S., but in countries around the world. Most cases, 34,000 of the 158,000, were from our country. The United Kingdom, Italy, Germany, France, Portugal, and Spain were the next highest countries, or next highest, uh, the countries with the next highest number, rather, of adverse reported events. Citing large numbers of spontaneous adverse events, event reports received for the product, the document includes only one, uh, excuse me, uh, includes only serious reported adverse events. In other words, the ones, well, you know, soreness at the injection site and slight fever for a day or two, those things were not reported. So just so you know, this 158,000 out of millions and millions and millions and millions of shots, we're not talking about every little thing that happens. These are the serious ones, including and most importantly, obviously, the ones resulting in death. And that's the reality. Full or ongoing recovery was was reported in 19,582 cases, with 520 having recovered with a chronic condition, while at the time of the report some 11,000 cases had not recovered, the status of another 9,400 were unknown, and of those 19,000, troublingly, 1,200-plus were reported to have ended fatally. And that is a fraction of the number. The overall number, again, contained just in the 91 pages out of 329,000 pages uh, that have been recorded. But the release of just these 91 pages shows documentation of 158,000 at serious and severe adverse events among those receiving the jabs within three months, and uh, the number of deaths over 1,200, as we said, over 1,200 deaths uh, attributed to the uh, RNA vaccines within the first three months of receiving those shots. So this is just one report. I have so many reports here, and I'll be a 1,000% honest with you here. It's hard to keep all of these numbers straight, including, how about this? 309 athlete cardiac arrests have been recorded after receiving the COVID shot. 177 dead. Young athletes, particularly young, healthy, vibrant athletes, soccer players, for example. There's just been this rash of collapses uh, on the pitch during soccer matches around the globe. And all of these individuals are collapsing, never who had any cardiac issues in their lives. They're healthy, as can be. And they're collapsing with cardiac issues after getting their vaccines because their hearts are enlarging and myocarditis, pericarditis. These things are happening. Irregular heartbeats, blood clots, thrombosis. All of these things, arrhythmia, are happening to people who were completely healthy before taking these. Look, it's one thing for us to say, hey, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated, but don't make it mandatory. You can't put this one-size-fits-all medicine uh, on the entirety of the population. But we have to stop talking in those terms, I think, right now. We need to stop saying, hey, it's okay for you, it just don't try to force it on me. I think it's, it's time for us to say, it's not okay for you. Don't do it. 
Now, we're not going to tell you you can't because we don't believe in mandates, either one way or the other. It shouldn't be mandatory for us to get it, and it shouldn't be forbidden for anybody else to get it. But we need to start speaking out loudly and educating people and telling them there are very serious, serious effects going on here. People are dying. People are having blood clots. People are stroking out as a result of receiving these particular non-vaccine uh, vaccines, these profit jabs. Babies are being born in horrific conditions to pregnant women who got vaccinated while they were pregnant. Dr. Tenpenny is going to tell us all about that. And meanwhile, with the Omicron variant looming, it's now in Ohio. You heard that, right? It's in Ohio. Everybody's got to be, be prepared. It's in Ohio. Get ready for lockdown. Get ready for mask mandates. Now that Omicron is here, oh my goodness gracious, we, 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 you know, we have to hurry up and get those booster shots. Get your booster, 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 booster. Even though Omicron has been described by none other than, none other than the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky said that it is mild. That Omicron infections are mild. Now, we already knew that because we found that out from South Africa when the entire thing was first uh, detected. They said they're mild. People get two things. They get tired, which is what fatigue is, and they get muscle soreness, which most of us, if you go to the gym once once in a while, you feel anyway. But that doesn't mean you're sick, and it doesn't mean your life is in danger, certainly. These are mild, mild cases. And yet we're going to enact these, these, first of all, we're going to push, push, push the boosters again. But then we're going to act these new laws or return to old laws like California just did yesterday. They have gone back to their statewide indoor mask mandate, regardless of whether you're vaccinated or not. Or not. Which again, you know, and I know this sounds repetitive and redundant, and I do apologize for this, but... If the doggone vaccine works even a little bit, why are you mandating masks? You're saying they don't work, that you can still get infected by somebody if you're vaccinated, and you can still infect somebody if you're vaccinated. And we know that's the case. The National Football League just reported yesterday 37 uh, positive coronavirus cases, COVID-19 cases, 37 which is one of the highest numbers they've ever had for a single day, and the NFL is 99% fully vaccinated. So if the vaccines work, why are so many vaccinated people getting sick? With regular COVID-19, with Delta variant, with Omicron variant, and if the vaccines work, why do we have to continue to wear masks? And, and, and this is to me, the, and I'll, I'll take my break here now, but this is to me the biggest question. If the current vaccines work at all against the the uh, Omicron variant, which is why they're telling you get the booster, get the booster, get the booster, because of Omicron, get the booster, Omicron, booster, Omicron. If it works on Omicron, why are they developing a new Omicron vaccine to be distributed in March? You're telling us the booster works. Otherwise, you wouldn't be scrambling and telling us all to go get it because of Omicron. Well, if the booster is going to stop Omicron, why are you developing a separate Omicron shot for March? How many times do we have to hear that cash register ching before we realize that we are being had? That the drug cartels known as big pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and Moderna are playing us all for fools. They're making 15 to $20 billion a quarter of our tax dollars 
and then putting toxins into us that are killing people. They're making us pay for our own suffering. We're paying them. Technically, we're paying the government with our tax dollars. Then the government is taking those tax dollars and giving it to Pfizer and then saying, hey, Pfizer, produce a bunch of things that we can stick into these taxpayers that might kill them. And sure enough, that's exactly the way it's going. Listen. I hate the redundancy. I hate the repetitive nature every morning when which we have to talk about this. But if we don't educate people and share this breaking information and new information as it comes, we will only continue to harm ourselves and our children. And I would be derelict in my duty having a platform that I do and having this microphone and this transmitter if I didn't do this service every single morning and try to encourage people to study, 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 study before you go taking this foreign substance into your body. All right, 926, I'll be right back. Okay, 928, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is going to join me after the bottom of the hour news, and she's going to talk about some of these uh, very important stories. I uh, mentioned a moment ago the children uh, that are being born to women who are receiving the vaccine while they are pregnant. Many of them are suffering some extraordinary adverse effects. And, again, she'll talk more about it, but um, infant death is one of 50, the infant death, rather, the one I told you about a moment ago, is one of 52 reported events, or rather reported deaths, among the 30,550 adverse events recorded by VARES for children under 17 as of December 3rd. Remember, it was only very recent that children ages 5 to 16 were allowed, or 17, I guess it was, were allowed to get the vaccine. And in that very, very short period of time, uh, we are seeing children under 17 suffering extraordinary um, complications and adverse reactions to these vaccines. And again, in the case of pregnant women, there are women who are giving birth to children with very, very serious problems. You know, it's, and I have to say, I'm, again, I always have to qualify. I'm not a doctor. Dr. Tenpenny is. And she, that's why she'll talk about it with much more authority than I can. Um, but there's a reason why women who are pregnant, uh, even if they are drug abusers, try their hardest not to use drugs while they're pregnant. There's a reason why pregnant women don't drink alcohol. It's a reason why pregnant women don't smoke when they're pregnant, because taking those kinds of very dangerous substances into your body puts them directly into the body of the child. Well, what do you think is happening with these RNA vaccines? They're being pumped into pregnant women and being then transferred into the child in utero whose body is simply not ready for these toxins. Um, Again, so that's a very rough layman's opinion, but that is indeed, I think, what is happening. Dr. Tenpenny will tell us more about that and more coming right up on AM 1420. against the lies of the liberal media pandemic. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, that's a vaccine you can trust, I can tell you that. 
We will indeed keep you safe from the lies of the liberal left. All right, 937. Now we continue on AM 1420. The answer. Don't forget, Kersenow joins us at 1010. Uh, he's got a lot of ground to cover and a lot of thoughts uh, on what's what's going on today in Washington, D.C. and uh, across the globe as it pertains to this uh this ongoing pandemic threat, or at least the propaganda of the pandemic threat. Joining us now to talk about that in depth as well is our favorite doctor, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Dr. Tenpenny, of course, runs Tenpenny Integrated Medical Center in uh, Middleburg Heights. Uh, she is one of the foremost experts on vaccines working in America and maybe in the world today, and she joins us now to tell us more about Omicron and beyond. Uh, Dr. Tenpenny, good to have you back. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have you, as always, Dr. Tenpenny. It's been far too long, to be honest with you, but I know you've been a very, very busy person giving lectures, giving talks, trying to educate and inform people about what's going on with not only COVID-19 and its subsequent variants, but... Uh, the mandates, uh, you know, trying to push more and more and more of these untested, unproven toxins into uh, uh, into people's bodies, and in particular now children. So I, I want to start, Dr. Tenpenny, if I can, by asking you to explain the VAERS reporting system to us in depth and why it is that it is completely, it has been rather, prior to, uh, you know, the, the COVID-19 spread beginning in the early part of 2020. A lot of people say it happened in the latter part of 2019. But prior to COVID-19, Dr. Tenpenny, nobody really questioned the VAERS reporting system on the CDC website. Uh, it reported, it has for the last 30 years or so, um, you know, the number of adverse effects that, that have happened because of a variety of vaccines. And nobody really had a problem with it. But suddenly we start to see these massive numbers of adverse effects uh, being reported because of the uh, COVID-19 vaccines that are not actual vaccines, and suddenly people say, oh, that can't be trusted. These are conspiracy theorists filling up these, uh, these reporting, you know, filling up the reporting system with all kinds of lies about what they experienced. So can you try to make some sense out of that for us? Yeah, sure. Um, the, VAERS, the VAERS stands for the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It was actually established in 1986 as part of the vac- childhood, uh, the National Vaccine Childhood Injury Compensation Act that was passed. And it was, uh, it's uh, set up in, by the, so the data is collected by the CDC. It's monitored by the FDA. And there's never been a question about it. And I just find it so interesting that people say, oh, people are just ballot, it's like stuffing the ballot box with yeah. theirs reports. Because I would challenge anyone to say, uh, anyone, um, go out and try to fill out a VAERS report and tell me how easy it is. It's not easy. And, in fact, it was so complicated that the CDC at one point in time um, actually put up a video to instruct people on how to go through all the steps to file a VAERS report because many of the vaccines, are they, they use abbreviations. And if you're not in this industry and you don't spend time looking, spending a lot of time on the vaccine information, you would have no idea what those abbreviations meant. So they put together a little instructional video to show people how to file a VAERS report. Well, guess what? The CDC has removed that instructional video, number one. Number two, I would, I would say if you ask a uh, hundred doctors, just randomly ask a hundred physicians, you know, pediatricians, primary care, internal medicine doctors, um, cardiologists, any of them just randomly said, do you know what the, what the VAERS, what VAERS stands for? 
and how you use it and why it's important, I would say at least 90% would say they've never even heard of it. Or they may have heard of it, but they don't know what it is or how to file a report. And so the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, I mean, it's the most robust thing that we have. Yes, it's a voluntary system. And what makes it complicated about being a voluntary system is you have to know about it and know how to use it in order to, in order to put a, a, an adverse event in it. The, the FDA, I'm sorry, the CDC collects all this information. And to the best of our knowledge right now, they're about four months behind on actually collating the data and putting it up. Actually, wow. the most... Um, the most recent report, I just pulled it up while we're sitting here talking, that, <clears throat> that comes from the, uh, is that, that comes from the VAERS data, is dated as of December the 3rd. So as of December the 3rd, there have been 19,886 deaths reported to VAERS associated with the vaccine. And the three vaccines most commonly used here in the U.S. are Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson are the J and J shot. And so there's almost 20,000 deaths and we're approaching 1 million adverse events. There was actually a study published by Harvard several years ago that actually said that um, we, uh, they estimate that approximately, that somewhere between 1 and 10% of all deaths from vaccines and all injuries from vaccines are actually reported. Now the number of adverse event reports that there's generally get and got before COVID with about 30,000 adverse events per year. So that's over a 12-month period of time, spread over 17 to 20 vaccines. We've now, and the number just came up, had 946,460 cases of adverse events filed with theirs uh, of the just on the COVID shot. So that's 30,000 spread over 17 vaccines versus 946,000 spread over three vaccines in less than a year because we've only been using Pfizer and Moderna for one year as of this month, and we didn't add the J&J shot until February. Okay. So now we're approaching 1 million adverse events, and what if that's only 1% or only 10% of the number of people where well, that kind of leads it to every single person that's gotten one of these shots has some level of adverse event that they felt compelled to report. Okay, let me let me jump in on a couple of those things. Number one, on the um, percentages of the people, you're, that's very important. What you said at the beginning, uh, most people don't don't even know about VARES. I didn't until COVID. To be hundred percent honest, I didn't know about VARES prior to COVID. Uh, I, I would imagine a lot of people still don't know about it, so they're suffering adverse effects and they are not reporting it because they don't know, and their their caregivers aren't telling them, and their families don't know, and so on and so forth. So that's important to know. It probably is a, a low percentage of people who actually have adverse events are reporting it, but. What I want to ask you about is that number of deaths. Did it, was it 19,000? You gave us a lot of numbers there, but the number of deaths you said associated with uh, one of these shots. Did, did I hear that right? Was well, 19,886 or yeah. roughly 20,000, and okay. that's up through December the 3rd. Okay. Uh, here, here's my question, because I want... I want to be as transparent as possible when we discuss these things. You and me and a lot of other people uh, were very, very critical of the number of deaths reported uh, and hospitalizations reported 
from COVID-19 itself, because what they were doing is somebody's in a car accident, they die, and then they find out, hey, look at that, uh, they, they were also COVID positive and they recorded as a COVID death, because it's not dying of COVID, it's dying with COVID, is, is, was a right. big complaint that a lot of us have. So, anticipating the other side, Dr. Tenpenny, when you say roughly 20,000 deaths associated with the vaccines, or the, again, they're non-vaccine vaccines, the profit shots, I call them, um, do we know or can we prove that those were because of the vaccines and not somebody who got a vaccine recently who also had a heart condition, who also had this condition or that condition, and it's that condition that killed them, and they also got a vaccine within the last month? Or how do we know that you know we can, we can say specifically the vaccine caused the death? Because you have to read the report. You can't just look at the numbers. And so when you go through and you read the report, it actually tells you, on the date that they got the shot, any pre-existing conditions that they had, and then it will say on the date, it will say, for example, I'll just read you one that's very short. Resident in our long-term care facility who received the first Moderna vaccine on December 20th, 2020, the only documented side effect was mild fatigue. She passed away five days later. As previously an in-and-out-of-hospice care, the proximity of the vaccination we felt should be reported to the death. And, I mean, that's just one. You know, here's another one that I think these are really ominous. It's the infant death. So, you know, we started injecting pregnant women and children, particularly five-year-old children, around August. And we, I'm sorry, and teenagers around August. That we said, you know, 12 to 17-year-olds. Then they dropped it to five-year-olds. And then they dropped it to, yes, absolutely, to pregnant women. So, infant, so uh, as of December 3rd, uh, there have been 30,550 adverse events recorded on children under 17 years of age. 30,000 children have been injured by this, and there have been 52 reported deaths. Now, here's a very simple, there's the first report that comes up. A, a mother was given a shot after the baby was, her second shot after the baby was born. She received the Pfizer vaccine on September 9th. Within 24 hours, the baby experienced a significant drop in heart rate, oxygen in the blood, causing him to turn blue. He developed difficulty sucking and swallowing. An ultrasound of his head revealed brain blood clots that were not present prior to vaccination, according to the VAERS report, which concluded that the baby had transferred a higher level of care for neurologic evaluation. A five-year-old was given a shot. Kept overnight in the hospital because she had underlying health conditions. Her father found her pulseless and not breathing three nights after the shot. And the list go on and on and on. Yeah, there is. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at a website, uh, LifeSite News, that actually chronicles some of these things, including, as you say, the baby of a fully vaccinated mom who got both of her shots in her third trimester. And that's the baby you talked about, born bleeding from his mouth and nose, who died a day after his birth. And it is just tragic. But it's not just the very young, and it's not just the very old, which is one of the things that you know separates. The, we're talking with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, if you just turned us on. Um, you know, one of the things that we always talk about with flu, uh, and people, uh, you know, every year there are thousands of deaths associated with influenza, at least there were until last year when suddenly there were no more flu deaths. So you can read into that what you will. But the very young and the very old were considered to be the most at risk for death from influenza. But when it comes to COVID-19, the very young and the very healthy 
Uh, and when I say young, I mean infants. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old uh, healthy athletes are suffering an extraordinary disproportionate number of cardiac events after they receive their vaccinations. And if anybody, you one would think, would be able to recover from any viral illness like COVID-19 or anything else, you would think it would be the young, healthy people with the high lung capacities and the, you know, the, the, the terrifically healthy, you know, card- cardiac uh, conditions. And yet these are the ones that are just collapsing all over the place it is and that is uh you know which which is really disturbing another disturbing report is that somebody collated there there have been 309 athlete cardiac arrests serious issues 177 dead in the last several months now these are the athletes in all different areas of, of the world there's soccer players baseball football basketball um tennis players swimmers triathletes who are forced to get these shots in order and to be allowed to participate who are now either dead or have serious cardiovascular events which have been career ending for them and these are the people who are at the top of their game physiologically they're probably on no medications or maybe one like something for asthma or something and these are also athletes who are having cardiac arrest and dying so what does that say to the people who are in their mid-50s Perhaps they're overweight, they have four or five or six medications. What are the shots doing to them? That's a that's a great question, obviously. And when we see young and healthy people, you know, uh, you know, dropping due to myocarditis or pericarditis or whatever the case might be, it really does raise a lot of questions. Um, as does this, um, Doctor Tenpenny. Tell us about Omicron as you understand it. Um, South African researchers and doctors who discovered it said that it's very mild. It is very easily transmissible, but the strongest thing that people are experiencing is fatigue, which is just being tired, and muscle soreness. Uh, and that's it. They're not on ventilators. They're not gasping to breathe. Omicron has been described even by the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, as being mild. Why are governments everywhere, and I'm talking about state governments, why are they panicking, reimposing mask mandates, reimposing new social distancing guidelines, strapping up the masks on kids, and so on and so forth, for something that has been described as being almost essentially harmless? Um, <laughs> it's, it's fear-based propaganda, Bob, and you know that as well as I do. It's, they have chosen, and they have, these are smart people, who are instituting these tyrannical controls over us. And they have learned by observation over the last two years that the most powerful tool they can use against us is fear. And I would still go so far as to say, and I think I've mentioned this on your show in the past, is that people have become addicted to the feeling of fear. They love it. They're addicted to it. Um, and there's entire industries based around feeding those people that level of fear, you know, scary movies, Stephen King books, etc., and so people are just, on, uh, they're addicted to that adrenaline, rushy sort of feeling. And so now it's like, oh, the Delta variant, oh, Omicron, oh, 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 oh. And so they, they are willing to be compliant and put on a mask, do the distancing, get whatever boosters come along along the way. And, you know, Dr. Ryan Cole, who's a pathologist out of Idaho, a good friend of mine, and I would go so far as to say he's probably one of the most brilliant physicians I've ever met and a really nice guy. And he said from the beginning, we can't be chasing every variant that comes along. And now with this Omicron variant, that as recently as December the 9th, you know, Walensky says 
It's a very mild disease. There have been no Omicron-related deaths reported in the United States. And so for people to say, oh, well, everybody in the hospital that uh, is, is unvaccinated is infected with Omicron, well, first of all, there's no test for it. How can they even say that? And we got a, an unofficial report. Now, this is unofficial, heard from a, a reliable source, but it's unofficial, that an internal document was sent around at Metro Hospital the other day that said that anybody who dies on a COVID floor, and dies on a COVID floor, whether they've been vaccinated or not, it will, they will go down in their records as this was an un, unvaccinated person who died. That's to keep the numbers up. That's to keep the fear base up. That's to keep encouraging people to be injected with these um, genetic modification technologies that are continuing to be experimental. Now they're saying with Omicron, oh, yeah, um, there's a new one we're going to have ready in about two weeks, and you're going to need three shots of this. Based on what? Nothing. Except people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and take a shot based on the fear porn that they're spreading across everybody. Yeah, and you know, it, it, you're, you're a thousand percent right about the fear as I see it, too. They, they have addicted people to fear, and I think they have addicted people. They've created a nation of hypochondriacs. Anytime anybody has a sniffle or a cough now, it's like, oh, my God, you better go get tested. Go get tested. Go get tested. Go get tested. Oh, there's a po-. And then there are just scores of false positives, but it makes people say, I better go get vaccinated. I think they are as bad as any drug cartel operating down on the U.S.-Mexico border that gets people addicted to heroin and cocaine and marijuana. I think that Pfizer is a drug cartel that is getting people addicted to these these vaccinations, telling them if you don't get it, you're going to die or you're going to kill somebody close to you. And that fear, they, they literally become addicted to, and they're rushing. I, I talked to a woman, a woman this morning, a 60-some-year-old woman who said, boy, as long as they're paying for it, I can't wait for the booster to become available, the next booster. I said, who's they? You're paying for it, and you're paying them to put something in your body that you have no idea what the long-term adverse effect, uh, uh, potential adverse effects are. They're addicting people it, it, to these drugs just as surely as a Coke, uh, Coke dealer does. Yeah, it, that is absolutely correct, and I couldn't have said it better myself. In fact, I'm probably going to co-opt it and use it. I, I <laughs> would be really honored. Good. I would be honored, Dr. <laughs> that, Tenpenny. That was, that was really super good in the way that you said it was absolutely correct. And what starting to now happen is we're seeing the massive amount of cardiovascular events. I've been told by a friend of mine that they're setting up cardiac MRI units in a lot of different places, anticipating over the next three years how many more people are going to be cardiac evaluated, which is money, 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 cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching for the drug companies, for the equipment manufacturers, and the hospital system. So the next three years are going to be massive cardiovascular and stroke events, and then over the preceding the following years after that we're going to see massive autoimmune diseases in many different organ systems and the physicians are going to continue to deny it because they will say well if it was caused by the shot they would all cause the same side effects no you haven't read the medical literature the literature says that the antibody to the spike protein can cross-react with up to 30 different types of tissue in your body meaning 30 different organs meeting 30 different types of diseases that it will cause.
Wow. Phenomenal information. And that's what we expected. That's why we asked Dr. Sherry Tenpenny to join us. If you are having health concerns or if you just want to make sure that you are as healthy as you can be, I want to strongly recommend Tenpenny Integrative Medical Center again in Middleburg Heights. See Dr. Tenpenny or one of her colleagues uh, and, uh, and, and take care of yourself uh, prophylactically if possible. But certainly if you are having issues and conditions, go see Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. As always, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Bob. Take care. 956. We'll be right back. Okay, wrapping up hour number one. Thank you again to Dr. Sherry Tenpenny for the great information. Continue to follow her to learn the latest uh, on VAERS, on the adverse events, and more. Coming up here after the top of the hour, we're going to talk to Peter Kersenow, as we always do. And we're going to talk to him about the Brandon administration, essentially saying the CBO is being liar to you. That the Congressional Budget Office, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, Congressional Budget Office that is always, uh, you know, pointed to by the left and the right as being nonpartisan, if they give a bill a score, that's what it is. There's no partisanship there. Well, the CBO says, that the Build Back Better broke Brandon bill, I love alliteration, uh, is going to add roughly $4 trillion to our federal deficit. Jen Psaki and President Brandon say they're liars. It's, it's fake news. Don't listen to them. It'll actually cut our deficit. Who's right? I'll let Peter Kersenow weigh in on that, among many other issues, next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.